When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me tonight, the Chief Inspector, Brendan McAlinden. Brendan, I was told that Notre Dame doesn't recruit five-star football players. That's what I've heard. (laughs) That they cannot get elite talent. No, no, they just don't want to come to South Bend. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Yep. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that the that I wasn't hearing things prior. No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't understand. Where Where do you get this notion that they they do uh, recruit? Oh, well, that would be that would be some news tonight. Breaking news: just an hour before we recorded. I mean, it might have been less than that, considering how long CBS Sports drug that shit out. <laughs> uh, but five star linebacker. Drake Bowen from Merrillville, Indiana. He's going to Notre Dame. 2023 class, which already has a five-star in Brennan Vernon, the number two ranked player in the state of Ohio. And, oh, yeah, by the way, five-star, number one pl- state, number one ranked player in the state of Ohio. Sonny Styles uh, is also high, very high on Notre Dame. So things are looking good for this 2023 class. Like, I ain't going to lie. Like Notre Dame is the only school in the country right now, other than Oklahoma, who just like I think they just swallowed up a bunch of Fresno kids that has multiple five stars in the twenty twenty three class. So what you're saying is that Notre Dame's uh, they're getting it done on the recruiting trail. That doesn't sound like something that they do. I thought it uh, does. They, it does. It. Yeah. No. No. I mean, but I mean, I was, I've also been told that Clark Lee was a hell of a recruiter too. I heard a similar thing, um, as I was burning leaves today in my fire pit and I almost fell into the, uh, the, the pile of burning (laughs) leaves and died and left my wife a widow and my children fatherless. (laughs) Man, the man who didn't know, I love, I love, I love Clark Lee, a linebacker and say, Hey, do you want to come to Notre Dame? That guy? I love Clark Lee. Love him. And yeah. I think that, I think this season you kind of appreciate, you appreciate, especially, you know, what uh, the Notre Dame defense has fielded over the last few years, but to like mention him as like, kind of like an elite recruiter. That's a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> like a massive one. Yeah. What, what, what are you doing there? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how long were we just like, I mean, we ended up getting, you know, Prince Kali, um, but that was like late in the game and kind of a shock. Like that was the only linebacker he basically offered for the whole cycle, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, you and I having uh, Carter on and talking about that. And Carter was like nobody else was really talking about it as much, but Carter was on the same level as we were. Like 
what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like, go get some linebackers. And they didn't. They did not. No. Because, I mean, because Kahanu Kia is a defensive end now. Anyways. So, at, in 2023, what you have is three possible fifth years in Jack Kaiser, Maris Luafau, and J.D. Bertrand. And I would say it's a pretty good chance that all three of those guys do play their fifth year. I'll say that. I, it's a good, there's a very good chance. Then there's nobody in that senior class. And then there's one player, Prince Kali in the, in the junior class, who will be a junior in 2023. So stacking up guys who haven't even signed yet. And Nolan Ziegler, Joshua Burnham, uh, junior to Halamaka and Jalen Sneed was key. And now you're back in that, that keyness up uh, with Drake Brown. Um, and we're just going to have to pull out, like, get ready for all the, Dra- all the Drake memes, all of them. No, I'm here for it. Um, you know, I'll be uh, a um, willing participant in the, uh, the I, Drake memes. I threw, I threw up uh, a, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's a two chain song, but I threw up no lie on the commitment story on the site. <laughs> so I was just so excited to have a Drake on the team that uh, knowing what the future uh, will hold in the, in meme land. Uh, but I just fucking love two chains anyway. So it was all good. <laughs> oh man. So that's exciting news. I mean, shit that it didn't, but like Notre Dame was ranked number, number three in that recruiting class before Drake Brown committed. And I think they're going to, they're staying at number three. Yeah. Um, but like Oklahoma has four or five stars right now. Uh, so, but they're, they're off to a 2023 can be lit, especially on the defensive side of the football. And that's where Sonny Styles is. You get three, five stars at the, at the minimum on this, in this class. And two of them are the top two players of the state of Ohio, which I've said multiple times. Cause it's just, just me giggling like a girl over here thinking about it. Uh, that's a, that's the base of an elite defense. I mean, Keon Keeley, I mean, we're not and the rest of the guys. I mean, Keon Keeley, we're not, I'm not throwing them under the bus. These are, yeah, these are big time guys. Um, I didn't realize Schuler got, uh, got a bump, uh, on some recruiting rankings. Uh, yeah, I mean, ESPN finally, usually they don't rank kids and then they're like, Oh God, he committed. Let's give him a three star real quick. But they had put him up Schuler up to a four star. So I'm ready. I'm, That's I'm, the basis that you need for, a natty run too. Like if, if you don't have that transcendent quarterback, it, um, it's, you what, do it, it's you what Georgia's do it been way. doing. Oh yeah. Just look at Georgia this year. You could do it. The, yep. You could do it that way. Um, and that's kind of what Clemson did. Uh, they had the quarterback, but you know, if you look at Clemson's recruiting classes, it's not like they were signing top. Oh, know, I, I, listen, I listened to a podcast today that was still claiming that Clemson was recruiting so much better than Notre Dame. Like, yeah, but I mean, that Clem- Clemson are, accented a bunch of three-star guys no with five stars, right? That's that's what that's the right. Clemson model is you. There's just you accent. There's a nuance to all this that no one discusses. Like when they say Clemson recruits better than Notre Dame, not really. They recruited quarterbacks better for sure. Defensive and, line. And defensive they had line. That run. Yeah, they had that run but, where they were getting five-star guys. Notre Dame neutralized the defensive line, the defensive line recruiting with Mike Elston just being yeah. a fucking yeah. beast. So no, but 
it's, I mean, there's a reason Clemson's got Ben Bolaware there for like the better part of like, you know, 15 years. Right. And uh, what's his nuts? Skalski now. Yeah, Skalski. Yeah. There's a reason you have like some. These guys, these guys are not high NFL prospects. No. I mean, just all you have to do is go look at the draft. How many Clemson offensive linemen been drafted? Just the, the one. First, like right? three, four rounds. Yeah. I think it's just the one. I think the Bengals took, um, uh, what's his name? The the left tackle kid um, uh, with a C. Was it Carmody? No. Jackson uh, Carmen. Yeah, Jackson Carmen. Yep, that's the only one I can think of in like the first. Who was a five star? Who was a five star kid that they uh, that they out uh, recruited yeah. Ohio State for? And he didn't even. Uh, he was, I think, third round, right? Yeah, yeah, it would. It wouldn't. It he wouldn't was behind all the Notre Dame guys, I think. So you aren't really no, having that uh, great of a time two, in the league. Six, so yeah, yeah. halfway through this. Either way, okay. yeah, Notre Dame's offensive linemen uh, from last year aren't really having that great of a time in the league this year. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying the Clemson, the Clemson fall. I get a yeah, lot. Me too. Like it's, I'm really pissed off of, at Florida State right now. Like it's fucking extremely for not pulling that out. What a choke job. Like uh, that, that, that's the best way to describe it is it was a choke job and I can't like, I didn't have any money on the game. Um, cause you have to, what is with the fucking coaches in the state of Florida? What is with money. Manny Diaz and Dan Mullen and fucking, and, uh, Norvell? I, what the, f- I don't know. what, what the hell? How can I, it, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like I, guess I, I, I blame them for Alabama, like never slipping. I blame the, I blame the three Florida schools. Is it is it because um, they should be a counterbalance to Alabama's recruiting and to Alabama just in general? Between those three schools, they should they they should have made. A dent in Alabama's recruiting machine between those three schools. Okay, and they and they have not. And now look, Nick Saban's the fucking greatest coach of all time. Period. So how much of a dent that would that would have actually made when you got the goat, you know, just down there in Tuscaloosa? I don't know, but it's not like they're they're indestructible. I mean, you. You take a few pieces out of out of Alabama this year, and they're really in trouble. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, and when I say really in trouble, I'm talking like maybe a two loss season, maybe a three loss season. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that's I, like I, the I, that, that's like the biggest trouble they could get in. Yeah, I mean, you can you can point on a compass to Nick Saban's rise at Alabama to Urban Meyer leaving uh, Florida, Florida, right? It was yeah. 2009. And um, they lost to Alabama in that SEC title championship game, and it was a passing of the baton, and a baton that um, Nick Saban never let go. Yeah, and that was only two years removed after Alabama. Nick Saban lost to fucking uh, Louisiana Monroe at home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> craziness. Craziness. Speaking of craziness, I got a review here. Just a reminder, everybody out there, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, 
leave a review. Brennan, what kind of reviews are we looking for? Oh, we're looking for those Jeremiah Wusukoma earned five stars. The earned five stars. Love it. Love them. Just keep on sending them in. We got one this week here from five stars from Connor Higgins. Uh, and he says, JOK earned five star review. Love you guys and your pod. I listen to both episodes each week on my drive to classes and appreciate your level headedness. Besides Josh, when he talks about Iowa, uh, about Notre Dame and their success. Appreciate the analysis brought to the table for each opponent and love to hear the fellow Irish fans talk about football. I grew up in the Willingham and Weiss era, so I have nothing but love for BK and what he has done for the program. One question for you all. Who is your favorite player from the Brian Kelly tenure? I'd have to go with Justin Yoon. Keep up the amazing podcast and go Irish. That's a bold statement. And not bad either. How many games do you think Justin Yoon won for Notre Dame? I think a solid four. And there, but I mean, like big. Yeah. <clears throat> steady, 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 Justin. Someone, I think, was it Greg that said he saw somebody or he saw Justin Yoon? He saw Justin SC Yoon game. wearing a Justin Yoon jersey. <laughs> that's Which a flex, that's, man. Yeah, that's a flex. <laughs> that is. I like that makes total sense. Like, hell yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, put respect on his name, and it'll let you know. And just point to his back. One of the best kickers of uh, in Notre Dame history. Was there for a half a century. So who's who's yours, uh, Brennan? Who's your favorite player from the Kelly Kelly era? This is hard. You still thinking? <laughs> maybe I'll go. Maybe something happened with the uh, with Brendan's mic. Um, my favorite player of the Brian Kelly era, probably. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna have to say, but Quentin Nelson made it sexy to be a guard again, like super sexy. Highlight clips or get thrown together the next morning uh, with uh, with all that. So, I I got to go. Uh, I think probably for me, um, if I had to pick a favorite player of the Brian Kelly era, um, uh, it's tough to get on the spot with it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, Quentin Nelson's a pretty good pick. Um, but I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with um. I have to go with Manti Teo. Um, I know there's like some luster that was lost from it, but man, just the mad, like the magic that was in that season and in that moment. And like, I can't let the events that played out afterwards sort of delude the kind of joy that I had just even in like the 10, 11, and then culminating into that 12 season, like seeing him come up like that, um, it was wild, um, and I and I can't really like it. Would be like it would sort of be like if if Kyle came back for his senior year, right? And carried this team, like and just carried the team carried to a, yeah. to a title run. Um, I mean, what if Kyle came back with the 
with a new girlfriend that had a monkey? Oh, no. Um, I would say, um, is she an assassin? <laughs> I mean, a pole assassin. <laughs> I think Teo is a great choice. I Look, I just, Nelson, for me, just everything. I mean, and Teo was right there with that. I mean, it's so much of the throwbacks style and throwback nature of it all. But uh, for me, it was Nelson was just how he ascended as a guard. That's like, yeah, that's some next level shit. But man, uh, Teow, I don't know if you, I, I don't think you mentioned it. He's, he's the most decorated defensive player in college football history. Yeah. Not Notre Dame history, college football history, the most decorated player ever. <clears throat> so that's pretty good. I'm told that's like awards matter. Uh, <laughs> and look, and when you're a five-star, you know, you came as in as a five-star, like you already met, like every award, like gets that extra bump, right? Cause you did what you were supposed to do rather than like if a three-star did it, Uh little inside uh, internal struggle I have with, with the uh, narratives, but no, that's, I don't know how you go wrong with either for the time at Notre Dame. I mean, he had seven picks in 2012, which is just one less than Kyle's had in his career. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wonder if Greg heard that. I, I mean, somewhere he did. Somewhere his ears perked up, and he's like, I, "As we're as we're grabbed a book did, of matches, did did, did his eyeballs twitch a little bit? His ears perk. Uh, just a couple of handful of guys that have been uh, just real quick off the cuff. Tommy Rees, uh, just because there's an ultimate swag with Tommy who was supposed to do nothing at Notre Dame. I mean, absolutely nothing. And then he becomes a starter as a freshman goes through all that, all that stuff during his time at Notre Dame, you know, loses the job at Golson, but yeah, he's coming in winning games. The whole thing. Tommy's just, Tommy's a, a, a dude. Everybody loves Tommy. The whole, whole team loved Tommy. Uh, and then just coming back now as a coach, like, Hey, seeing him in the booth with that stocking hat was just kind of funny anyways. But like, the picture, there's a picture of him and Tyler Eifert and oh God, who and uh, Zach Martin before the SC game. And it's just like, you can't, I don't know, man. It's just like, I think it's kind of, you're living, you're living your best life right now as Tommy Reese. And I think that's just fun and cool. Like I, that's cool. I, I like that. Like he's out there living his best life. He talks about having no kids so he can just bury himself in all this. And Tommy's a guy that'll never get enough respect for you know his time at Notre Dame as a player. Except I'll give it. I'll give it. Okay. All right. Oh, all right. Well, we got kind of a lot to get to tonight, and yet nothing because it's that week again. I thought yeah. we were over this. I thought I th- you got to go to the dentist every year, man. We didn't have to last year. We did no. not have to do this last year. No, which me, you know what? That kind of makes this one feel that much worse um, because I got used to not having And like now we're going back and like, you know what? You know what? Let's let's delay this just a little bit longer. Okay. Because you know what? We can talk about something else. We can talk about 
uh, Notre Dame being ranked number 10 in the college football playoff rankings. And so it's yeah, what are your thoughts ranked- about that? You know, do you have a problem? Like before we get to the, the, the minutia of the rest of the poll, what are your thoughts about Notre Dame being at 10? I don't like that Michigan's ahead of them. I think that's stupid. I think that's stupid too. I and I, I know you don't have a problem with Wake Forest because you've been calling for Wake Forest above Notre yes, Dame. They're they're undefeated wow. Power Five school. I have no problem with yep. any undefeated Power Five school being ranked ahead of Notre Dame at this yep. point in the season. Have no have no problem with that. Uh, Michigan, I have a huge problem with that with them being ranked ahead of us. Um, I I mean I do have a problem with Cincinnati being ranked sixth, but. Yeah. But I'm not like going to be like, I'm not out there crying with the rest of the crowd. But, but here's my, here, but here's my one thing that I have to get off my chest about the Notre Dame Cincinnati kind of like equation inside this top 10. Yeah. Where all of a sudden now every college football writers, national writer is just fucking crying foul for these rankings and are just like, all of them are just pointing flashlights, spotlights, finger pointing, fucking that they beat Notre Dame, monstrous Notre Dame in South Bend. Never has Notre Dame got that kind of street cred from the national beat that they do right now. But if you would flip it about Notre Dame, it's like, they're nothing. Like it just, it's don't even, in the context of Cincinnati, these writers want to make Notre Dame out to be one of the top three or four teams in the country. In the but take Cincinnati out of that context, and Notre Dame lost to a group of five school at home. You know, yeah. so and their schedule's not all that tough. So here's here's why I'm not particularly upset about about Cincinnati. And I mean, it just it just bothers me a little bit. I, I, I'm definitely not upset. It do, well it doesn't bother I, me. It's a, and, it's a little bothersome to me. This this is this is sort of my thing with it is when they do this every year, and I just I just want to slap them. And, and I'm talking about just sort of the conglomeration of media and media personalities and just the internet and Twitter is everybody freaks the fuck out and they act like this first college football playoff ranking is a referendum on everything. Like this is what it's going to be at the end of the year. And Cincinnati can't raise themselves above six and that, two big 10 teams are right in the mix and two sec teams are in the mix. And it's just like, take a step back and realize in 2014, who was the number one team in the, the, the inaugural college football playoff ranking. It was Mississippi state. Old miss was number four. Auburn was number three. <laughs> State of Alabama was lit that night. Alabama was number six, right? Ohio State that won the national title that year was 16. You go to the next year, you go to 2015, right? Um, in the inaugural college football playoff, um, I mean, LSU was number two. LSU didn't make the playoff that year. Uh, Ohio State was number three. Michigan State was down at seven. Michigan State made the playoff, number seven. In you know, 2016, um, Ohio State makes the playoff. They were in the inaugural playoff at number six. 2017, um, you know, you look at that one and Oklahoma was at number five, just on the outside. They ended up making the playoff, you know, 2018, Oklahoma made the playoff, right? They were, and they ended up as the two seed. They were at number seven, 2019, 
Um, <clears throat> if you look at that one, um, Oklahoma was at number nine. They ended up making the playoff. So yeah. other than last year, where it didn't, where it basically went, you know, chalk, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, every other year, a team outside the top four ended up making it in there. And Cincinnati's right in that, like, five, six, seven range that every year you see a team get in there. Teams in front of them are going to lose. So I don't understand why everybody's gnashing their teeth and pretending like Cincinnati was slighted because why? Because I guess Ohio State would be the only team that they could cry about. I mean, yeah. I mean, really. So, I mean, it's just, it's, You're absolutely right. The overreaction to to the first playoff rankings is is always ridiculous. But it's also like this season it was because of the massive narrative on the outside. I mean, you got to think this is a, a a huge a huge combination of this massive narrative from national writers uh, and beat writers across the country about this being kind of like the year for the group of five with Cincinnati, yeah. not anybody else, but, but with Cincinnati, the way their schedule lined up with Indiana and Notre Dame in there and the AAC isn't a pushover co- group of five. I mean, it's a, it's a solid conference with, you know, it's got, yeah, some, it's a solid conference. I mean, it's at least on the tier of, uh, I Look, would put it on the same tier as the PAC 12. I put, or the ACC for Christ's sake or the ACC. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, if we're just taking like designations out of it, and putting them up against each other, there's not a whole lot of difference between those three conferences right now, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so you got this huge narrative going into it. Then what you had is you had a summer that that saw that the playoff ranking, like the whole playoff system was supposed to be changed. So none of this was going to make a, much of a difference in the future, right? Like that was all supposed to happen. And then realignment hit with Texas and Oklahoma. And then we realize that, like, no, these conferences are greedy as fuck, and they pull out, they pull out the twelve uh, team playoff, pull the rug right out from underneath them, uh, underneath it. And so then it goes to this committee to put all this together for the first time. Now we have all that backstory and all that information from the last five months going on, and you take now. Was it was it has it been a concerted effort by the AP to have Cincinnati at number two, maybe? But yeah. So to all these writers, when you're looking at the team that you have crowned as the number two team in the country, and you have all this backstory from the last five months, and you see this playoff committee put it together, and you have they have them at six. It's it's a statement in like a hundred different ways, and one of them is group of five you don't mean shit to us. And that upsets a lot of people. And it's kind of like the, the, the big problem people have with the NCAA is, is this whole, you know, inclusion, exclusion kind of a thing, you know, before the NIL stuff, what, you know, the money that they were hoarding compared to the kids getting nothing there. There's, there's just a, there's a, there's some visuals that ain't right there. This was a bad visual. For, and this has nothing to do with the NCAA, but this has everything to do with the with the power conferences, right? I mean, the play and and ESPN. 
having, I mean, if so, if, if, if you sit at Cincinnati fans, you, tor- don't torch the game day set on Saturday. I won't be surprised. I but will if be you're surprised. being reasonable about it and you're looking at this reasonably with Cincinnati at number six, but, but so re- Cincinnati's reason, got to win. Reason has nothing to do with over, it. Reason has nothing to do with it. Everything I, I, I guess no. the backlash from from all the national like I'm just an I'm just mildly annoyed by it is all. Everyone else is like pretty there's a lot of people up in arms about this. And it's because of what I just said from the last five months putting that all together. And it just it really looks like that they are just kind of colluding to keep this group of five out of there. You know, it, I, I was thinking I about this the other day. The case. So there's, I was thinking about the, like the paths for Notre Dame the other day. Okay. To, yeah. to the top four. And we talked about this in the DMS where I said, you know, a one loss Cincinnati fucks Notre Dame, but a two loss Cincinnati helps them tremendously. Cause then you could, it could be sold off as just an upset loss at home. You don't have the matching records for the head to head thing. When they go in there, that, a two, you know, two losses like helps Notre Dame tremendously. And not, I'm not predicting anything. I was just, I was just thinking, I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. Uh, you know, just thinking out loud about things. But there was a scenario I kind of came up with my head that saw both Notre Dame and Cincinnati in the top four, and I just fucking laughed so hard. Yeah, because that that would never happen. That's that scenario that I that I came up with literally has. Georgia, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Cincinnati in the playoff. So the SEC and an independent and a group of five. That's it. But there is a if you played it out, it's not that hard to get there. To get you just to, need the the you need Oregon to eat another L. You need the uh, Big Twelve to basically fall oh, apart. Let's just say just Ohio State, Big Ten, Ohio South State, Wisconsin. Michigan. Ohio State beats Michigan State. Uh, Ohio State goes to the the Big Ten championship game and loses to Wisconsin. Uh, Cincinnati just keeps winning out. Notre Dame wins out. Michigan loses to, to Ohio State at the end of the season before that happens. Um, there's just these aren't out of the realm of possibility things. You know, Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. These are all like real things that could happen. Like, you know, you know, Wake Forest losing at any point, uh, you know, Oklahoma losing at any point. And, you know, Oklahoma saw us to play Iowa state. Uh, they got, they got Iowa state. Uh, shit. Well, they have Iowa state. So that's an L. Right. But they had, they had two more, they had two more games. I thought that were, they got Bedlam. I mean, they have Bedlam. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Who I mean, if o- Oklahoma State and the other part about the the Big Twelve is they all play each other, so there's they're going to be doubling right. up. So, anyways, uh, there was just a a very possible s- scenario that I came up with that if you were just doing a poll, would see those four teams at the end of the season. Well, now with the, with the with the playoff committee, that would never happen, but. I'm just saying there is a there's a path. So anyone telling you Notre Dame's out of this, anyways, no. I think is is full of shit. And anyone and who t- Josh, you you have to you have I, to acknowledge that if Cincinnati loses, they will drop below Notre Dame. 
I do not think, and nor should they, um, I do not think that they can, nor would they uh, be beholden no. to the head-to-head as the season goes on. Because then basically you're telling Notre Dame, sorry, you can't ever be ahead of Cincinnati, which I think is bullshit. They, they've done this before. I Look, there's, there's a four. I mean, that's a, the reason Oregon's above the, Ohio State. The, the, the 6-10 split, though, right now, right, but that was this week. You know how the committee yeah. works. I mean, they changed their... They're, you know how well, they do I think things with the week. It's only going to be dropping the more they continue to struggle bus. The the only the only way Cincinnati stays ranked ahead of Notre Dame with a loss, because I, I think it can, but it have to happen this week. Cincinnati's gonna have to lose to Tulsa and Notre Dame went, you know, beat Navy. And I think you would still have as long as there wasn't a whole bunch of shit going on in front of them, I I I, I could see like a, a nine Notre Dame, eight Cincinnati kind of a thing, or or a nine Cincinnati, ten Notre Dame. I mean, the playoff committee is notorious for just keeping Notre Dame where they rank them at to begin with. Yeah, I just I just think it's one of those those things where you can point to um, Notre Dame steadily improving, uh, making changes, and being a better team now than they were against Cincinnati. And you can right. also look at it where. We were gnashing our teeth in 2018 when Michigan was, you know, knocking right. on the door with their one loss. And if Notre Dame would have eaten a loss at some point, Michigan would have jumped them before, you know, they lost by 150,000 points to Ohio State. Oh, they State were trying to State jump them before, before that. Yeah, they were, they were trying, trying to jump them before that. Um, so I, I don't think I don't think it's outside of the realm that I, I think if Cincinnati takes an L at any point, because if they lose to Tulsa, what is Tulsa? Three and five. Yeah. And Tulsa's a tough out too. Tulsa Houston, a tough out. Houston, these are, these uh, are tough games. SMU. Yeah. SMU is another tough out. I mean, the, but, I mean, they have what the 111th ranked strength of schedule Cincinnati does. Right. That doesn't, but that I mean, doesn't help. I mean, and it'll it'll improve for like the Big Ten schools moving forward, but it's not like I mean, and Oklahoma too. But it's not like any of them have been well. Big Ten schools much, will they'll much better so start far. Getting more L's um, as they take more conference games because a lot of the you know they still have the right the buoyed up by their out of conference wins and you know for the next four weeks they're going to be beating each other because I yeah, don't I think mean, what is it what is it now. Um, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan all in the top ten. Um, and there's what two losses between them. I think by the end of the year, they're going to have probably five losses, six losses between the three schools. Yeah, I mean, are are you sold that Cincinnati's fucked? And, uh, no, and, I I and, think Cincinnati if they win out. I think if Cincinnati wins out. Um, all they need to have happen is for Wake Forest to lose a game and for um, either the Pac-12 or the Big 12 to knock themselves out. You just need you just need Oklahoma uh, to stumble. And you just, if Oregon takes one more L, the entire Pac-12 conference is gone. Right. And then all right. you need to have happen then is just Wake Forest to stumble and you're you're looking pretty good if you're Cincinnati. I mean, obviously you can't have Alabama beat Georgia because if there's two SEC schools, you're out. Um, Cause it's going to be one big 10 school, one SEC school, 
Um, and then that group of five, you can, you can kind of sneak in there. I, I don't think Cincinnati's out by any stretch of the imagination. I think that they're in a pretty good spot. You just need, um, two of the power five conferences to, to knock themselves out. And that's what the PAC 12 does. Okay. And I, and I was wrong too. I, I said Cincinnati, possibly Houston. They don't, uh, in the regular season. It would be in the title. It would be in the title yeah. game. They'll have to title play game. Houston. Yeah. Tulsa and SMU, probably their their biggest tests, uh, and both those are at home uh, in the friendly confines of uh, Nippert. So, I don't know. It's I think anybody getting too being too like definitive about any anything after the first rankings are dropped is getting a little ahead of themselves, like way yeah. fucking ahead of themselves. Uh, just a couple things too about the rankings that. I mean, there's just Iowa is still ranked. That is a fucking joke. Behind five and three Wisconsin, mind you. Right, but it's why? Like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, twenty twenty one, twenty two. It's like they just got got bored. They just got bored at that point of the day. And I mean, Wisconsin and Wisconsin's kind of notorious for this. I mean, they're kind of I won't say sneak up, but it's kind of like. This is how they win. This is how they win nine, ten games, right? This they is, just sort of like this is exactly. they get into the they're they get into the Big Ten West and they just beat up on the Big Ten West. They if they if they get a game, not a conference game, like a Notre Dame, or they have to face either Michigan, Michigan State, or Ohio State, Penn State from the 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 East. They'll take there'll be a nine and three year instead of a ten and two. Yeah, and I just think with their defense. And the problems that Ohio State can have on their defense, I think Wisconsin has the possibility of putting up a pretty good fight in the Big Ten championship game if they, you know, if, if it's Wisconsin and Ohio State. I just, I, this season has has not gone according to plan for most schools, and so I, I just think to make any kind of like hardcore predictions. Other than the fact that I like I'm sold Georgia's in no matter what, like right now, like unless they absolutely fucking have some kind of stupid collapse, which Kirby smart is not a good coach. However, Kruger, he's not he a is, good coach. He is not and a good I, coach. Why are they starting their walk on quarterback Stenson Bennett? I don't understand it. I mean, isn't what's his, isn't uh, Daniels hurt though. Uh, he missed two games with a, with a lat. But he was cleared to play against Florida, and he still went with Stenson Bennett. And it looks like he's going to be rolling with with old Stenson for the, I mean, near future. So I mean, what Georgia has left is they got Missouri this weekend, and then at home. But then they they go to a I don't know. Can I say a, a feistier Tennessee? They're not a good Tennessee team by any stretch of the imagination, but no, but they're feisty. Fans are feisty. Tennessee. You know, their fans are feisty. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Ask Lane Kiffin about that one. Um, I don't know. I just, uh, they, they have a, it's looking pretty good for Georgia, but you know, again, Tennessee on the road could be tricky depending upon the day. And again, Kirby smarts, not a good coach. Hell of a recruiter. Yeah. The staff recruits really well. And Georgia has amazing athletes. But 
uh, what people are like praising Kirby for saying that, you know, players win games, not coaches. That's because he's never, he's never won a game by coaching. No, he sure hasn't. So, I mean, of course he, he would have to say that. Uh, but you know, um, you know, and then they, 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 like the rest of the sec will have their, uh, their Southern conference rivalries, uh, renewed. I think they play Charleston Southern and then they uh, finish up with, uh, the ACC rivalry. It's just, the sec is just so fucked up. Like, nope, we're done with the, uh, the, the sec portion of our schedule mid November. Then we close out the last two games of the year with our fucking SoCon and our ACC rival. Like, pfft, come on. Yeah. Anyways. So, I mean, is there anything else you want to, did you gleam from that? The pit I don't still, think so. Pitt's still in the top 25. Pitt's still in the top 25. Uh, that's nice to see old uh, Kenny Pickett. Um, yeah, just. Uh, no Penn State. There's not a. No Penn State, which is good because I thought Penn State should have been kicked out. Of, I I love that there's a couple of three loss teams there. Um, Penn State's not one of them. Um, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, BYU at 15 is kind of it's just interesting. Not just is all. It's all yeah, awesome. yeah. B, BYU was seven and two at 15 too. That's a that's a pretty healthy spot for them. Um, that's you know. Maybe they could get up because because if you look at teams th- 13 d- on down, there's a lot of teams with two losses. There's a lot of teams that have already. Oh, yeah. Now. So, oh, yeah, uh, this is one of those years where if you had a 12 team playoff, I think by season's end, you'd be looking at that 12 seed having like a three or a four next to their um, their number in the loss. Do you think, I mean, do you think after Saturday we're going to have. We're gonna be talking about Wake Forest at all? I don't think so. I, I think here's here. Hmm, we'll get to it. I mean, they, next. They, um, they they have a pretty rough, you know, rough schedule ahead of them. I mean, North Carolina can put up some points. Wake Forest does not have their Clemson can there. keep you from scoring points. And, NC um, State and it's is at NC, Clemson. And NC State is just NC State. By the way, that's a non-conference game. The NC State game. NC State again? What what is? Yeah, that's a tradition a, unlike any other. Yeah. Um, I get, well, it's either it's either the North Carolina or the NC State game. One of the two is a is a non conference game. I think a top nine team <clears throat> going down. I'm I would guarantee a top nine team goes down this weekend, and it's not Wake Forest. I I just hoping that the ranking stays high enough because there there are you know we are starting to see bull projections starting to roll in. And Wake Forest. There's been a, I, there's been a couple of Notre Dame Wake Forest bull projections. Uh, so if Notre Dame doesn't make the playoffs, I I would just like to uh, team in the New Year's Six that you just dismantle. I want Michigan. I want every part of Michigan. I want all of that. I want all of it because but, I want I mean, to taste 2019 out. And I just that the, that's, proje- the that's projections are all over the map. Michigan, yeah. Michigan State, uh, Ole Wake Miss, Forest. Kentucky, yeah, Wake Ole Forest, Miss. a lot of them. Most people, I think, have them in the New York New Year's Six now. It took uh, it took the one dude from ESPN a little bit to get him out of the Cheez It Bowl, but uh, he finally did that after the USC game. It took Stuart Mandel uh, till the end of the uh, North Carolina game to get him out of the Cheez It Bowl. Fucking Stu, what a 
yeah. piece of work. And he's he'll, and he's one of the main ones out there just touting this Cincinnati victory over Notre Dame. Just like Notre Dame was some gods. And Notre Dame was awful at that point in the season. They played – they could not – that's the thing that I think makes me the most angry about the Cincinnati thing other than the fact that their fans and their social media were assholes about it and completely the opposite of 2017 Georgia. The thing that angers me is that the but game Cincinnati's against Cincinnati – never been there before. Is, I mean – No, they have Georgia's, Georgia's been – Georgia's still, been hanging out in the top of the I thought they would at least be rude – Cincinnati was nice. Cincinnati's just trying to assert themselves. I I don't hate them for being douchebags, and almost expect and I pretty much expected it. Yeah. But uh, but it did leave a bad taste in everyone's mouth more so than I thought they would that they would, and even like the players, you know, like Kyle and those guys on the on the podcast talking about how much they hate Cincinnati. It's like they hate Cincinnati. You know what? I could have used some of that. Some of you guys hating them that day when you're talking about like backing down from them, basically. You could, I mean, Notre Dame could not have come out flatter. Uh, they played their worst game. It, they basically played their 2019 Michigan. It's right. just I don't think that Cincinnati is great. I don't think Cincinnati's a great team. Well, having wasn't raining hard that day. <laughs> no, it wasn't raining. Yeah, <laughs> but like Notre Dame just didn't get off the, just never came in from the player walk. I guess because you spotted them ten, you gave up the you you gave them seventeen at the half, just. I think and if I'll Notre Dame was to play Cincinnati again today, I think Notre Dame ends up beating Cincinnati pretty comfortably. I do too. But it has, for my reasons for that though, are, are have nothing to do with the, um, with, with being flat and all that, although that goes into it, but it's just like their offense operates so differently right now. Yeah. Like they're set with their line. Now they're doing exactly what we've been screaming about. They're getting the ball to players in space. Um, even if they're just doing it one time a game, they were doing end arounds with Braden Lindsay. I mean, they're just, it's getting mixed. You know, and Brian the Kelly offensive kind of line is healthier spot too. Um, yeah, I mean, Brian Kelly kind game. of admitted that they were just kind of like, they were going <laughs> to drop back five and let Cohen rip it. And that was, and that didn't work. That's it. Their whole shift and their philosophy of playing quicker, getting the ball to players in space, has has been a revelation for the offense. It wasn't Tyler Buckner that was needed. It was just a, a, just a whole philosophy of change and like how they were going to go about their business. But in a way, it's like nice though that that they had that struggle to like get get something out of Tyler Buckner because now at least moving forward, say Jack Cohn goes down, we got a guy that that we've already relied on, you know. And in that look, Tyler job, Buckner, yeah. Tyler Buckner didn't. Yeah, uh, he, he no, he wasn't a major reason we lost Cincinnati. That he uh, <laughs> he played a starring role. He was uh, a the, factor uh, in it. He was he, one of the two quarterbacks to throw back-breaking picks. So you know, which you know that goes with my uh, you know never trade losses for playing time. But it's just it's just so different. Their offense is operating so different now, and now now they're able to run the ball because they're not stacking the fucking box because. You can't stack the box against a team that's going to put the ball out to a playmaker, you know, in 1.2 seconds. You, you can't stack the box. You got to have a guys out there defending. You got to have guys backed up in a zone um, to, to keep from a 60-yard fucking touchdown. So it's been working. I mean, yeah, it definitely has. And I just I can't believe it took them this long. 
it was just, it was something so obvious. And with the talent that we had at wide receiver, with our skill talent, I was just like, how are we not trying harder to get it to these guys? And so, yeah, I think Notre Dame is just a, I would say completely different team, but in a lot of senses, they're a completely different team offensively uh, than they were against Cincinnati. So, Yes, they're a much better they're a much better position uh, to to score points defensively. Eh, I mean, I think Kyle Hamilton being out is not good. That certainly is not great. So Bob, uh, <laughs> that is not good at all. Uh, I find it funny that national writers refuse to mention Kyle Hamilton at any point uh, until he went out with an injury. Uh, then they were using that as reasons for upsets for some reason. Uh, but like. I think our linebacker situation right now scares the shit out of me because look, we're, we're probably going to use a, we'll, we'll get into Navy a little bit. And I really do mean a little bit here in a minute, but we're probably going to be lining up in a four, four, most of the game, like you yep. did against Wisconsin. And we're really running out of bodies at linebacker to do it. Um, you know, Prince Kali isn't really a guy, especially against a triple option. That is someone that you can, I think you can use a whole lot, uh, but like JD Bertrand is just, he's gassed, man. He is gassed and you can't get, can't get him off the field. You know, Drew white and Bo Bauer have a pretty good rotation going on. That's all right. But like Isaiah Pryor, I think is going to be a, a key component this big week. Player. Yeah. yeah. Big time. As far as a uh, kind of like a, you know, a field linebacker uh, out of that four, four, um, I don't know. I, 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 it scares me. We've got, we've chipped away at that depth of injury so much. It's, you know, scares me moving forward. Like you just got to keep them healthy. Um, it's not like we're going to get some shitload of hardcore running teams. We can play nickel against most of the teams I think left on the schedule. Um, but you know, Isaiah Foskey's out there playing middle linebacker. I was surprised that, that, that so many people were like, aghast at Foskey lining up at linebacker so much against North Carolina. Like that, I, I he's just, got the body makes, for it though. It's not like well, he's, he's just, it's it's not like he's a plotter. You ha, you have other pass rushers on your team, right? Like the defensive line's good. They have pass rushers, and North Carolina is just they got to the point where they had to not abandon the running game, but it wasn't like they had to they had to throw the ball. They had to move the ball and score some points. Unless it I was mean, the end of the half. I could, I could think of worse things than that giant-ass body in the middle of the field that can move. You're taking some shit yeah, away. Yeah, I mean, right? he, he could end up playing some sort of outside, um, you know, in the NFL. He might – I mean, he drops into coverage pretty regularly. Oh, you um, know, you saying that also reminded me, like, Jordan Botello is a guy that you'll probably see play um, – Put his hand off the ground this this week too, as well as kind of like an outside backer. I mean, I hope so. I don't know. There's a, there's all sorts of football left, uh, but I think what we are long winded getting to here is that Notre Dame is in pretty good. Sh- I mean, Notre Dame's an improving team, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, I'll take that. They're an improving team. And so you're sitting, we're sitting at 10th in the playoff rankings. Let's just see what happens. 
I mean, after the Cincinnati loss, we were all pretty much sold they weren't getting to the playoffs. I mean, that's like that what can happen. So we're, we're, we're we were already there. But now, hey, I don't I mean, I I am not going to be the Pete Sampson and Matt Fortuna like this is not going to happen now. This is so bad for Notre Dame. I just don't see how it's that terrible. Like it's that much different. They just still they just these, need help. Uh, there's still all these other teams that have to play. Like, let's see what happens. Yeah, they're in a position now where they don't control their destiny. They need help. But I don't think that it's as Herculean of an effort or as unbelievable um, if Notre Dame were to make it. I, I mean, it's going to make watching games. I think that, you know, I, I would much prefer to be undefeated. Um, right. But what this is going to do is <clears throat> for the rest of the season, we got to be on scoreboard watch. You're going to be watching all of the teams in front of Notre Dame and you got to keep an eye on the teams behind Notre Dame. You got to keep an eye on Oklahoma state. You know, if, if, well, you got to keep an eye on your own scoreboard. Yeah. I think you got to run it up. And this is one of my biggest beefs with playing Navy is that this game is meaningless. Like Notre Dame would almost be better off if this was a fucking bye week. Like if they just played 10 games or 11 games than 12. Because it means absolutely nothing. It means dick to the committee. It means nothing. But what if Notre, what if Navy was ranked? Certainly, if Notre Dame beat a ranked Navy team, that would that would look good in the eyes of the committee, right? By like, you, I mean, what if you beat them by thirty two points? What if you beat a ranked Navy team by thirty two points? That would that have to bump you up in the rankings, right? At least one spot, right? Right. Yeah. Wrong. No. Wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. No. Didn't even wrong. move the needle. It's why this game is so wasteful. And I, like before we started recording, Brennan's like, you know, I really don't have uh, a solid preview. Like Brennan's been like key all year long on our previews. Let's 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 talk about the other team. Nope. And I said good because we don't need to. And I don't want to. I don't care. This is the most meaningless game game to me each year. Last year was a just bliss. But it's because of this. Like, I realize Notre Dame is not going to stop playing Navy. It's just the dumbest thing ever to have a Wookiee well, life debt. It means absolutely nothing. Um, you Notre Dame is not special. 131 other schools out there got the same kind of juice from Navy during World War II as Notre Dame. I, the, everyone screaming out, know your history, is it's the vaccine equivalent. Or they or, or the, <laughs> do your own research. Look, I did my research years ago about this, and it's just it's pointless. Like this isn't Notre Dame is not special. This wasn't a one-time thing, and this game wasn't even looked at that light really until the Weiss era. Like it was just playing Navy. It was on the schedule. You're independent, but in this day and age, now if they go to like a 12 game or 12 team playoff you're really never going to get Navy off the schedule then because then Notre Dame's a pretty, pretty much an auto bid most years anyways. But yeah. in this, in this particular format of a four team playoff and you're not in a conference because if Notre Dame, had, if Notre Dame was playing a conference championship game and being ranked 10th right now, they'd be a legit player being talked about to get in because they, they would have that extra game. It's not the data point. It's just the extra week of, 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 uh, juicing it up. 
Maybe so you're it, maybe they had a a chance with an undefeated Wake Forest uh, at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it would it, it, honestly, it would at least <clears throat> it would at least be them not sitting at home. But having Navy in November in this kind of format is pointless. Like if Navy was the first game of the season, okay. Like it doesn't matter then. You're not going into November with with such a wasteful game. You need meaningful games in November if you're not going to have the opportunity to play in a conference championship game if you have one loss. Now, there's a lot of people out there that don't really give a shit. They're like, look, if Notre Dame wants to be in the playoff, they should be undefeated. And I understand that. I I don't – I'm not with you <clears throat> on that sentiment. But I understand. Yeah. I understand the sentiment. Uh, but I live in the real world, and no matter what you want to try to get into the playoff, uh, one loss or two losses be damned. It's Notre Dame – even though they have before the last year, there was other years where one loss could, they could have still got into the playoff. 2017 is a prime example. And yeah, 2015, 2015 was right there for them too, until they shit the bed and played like crap against BC and then lost to Stanford yeah. the next week. So it can't, it can. And well, the committee, I mean, the committee was putting them in that position to do it. I mean, that's 2017 when they had Notre Dame ranked so high after you had a loss against Georgia, but it was a respectful loss. Anyways, having Navy in November does nothing for you. Like nothing. It's so pointless. It's just the worst. It is the absolute worst. You, you, I mean, you will get no argument from me in terms of having to play Navy. Um, I don't like it. I don't like the body blows. I don't like uh, the wear and tear on players. I don't like having to devote time to defend defensively to defend some sort of stupid niche offense that you'll won't have to see for the rest of the year in the middle of your season. In I mean, the middle of like two air raid teams, basically in the middle of two yeah, teams that with, you know, quarterbacks that want to sling it. Um, well, well, maybe Brandon Armstrong. But, I mean, they're still not going to get away from what their offense is, even if it's not Armstrong. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it is patently absurd that this game take. if they're going to play this game, play it the first game of the year. You know what? First game Start of the year. every season with Navy. If you're going to do You know what? And I, I would shut up. I would, honest to God, shut up about Notre Dame playing Navy if it was just the first game of the season every year. You wouldn't hear. I, I wouldn't even call it the Wookiee Life Dead anymore. I wouldn't. I just it's it's just what you open up with. It doesn't matter who you open up with. If it's just if it's do not it going to be a big game, do it in week zero, right? And then get a second buy, and just then you can get right back into the 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 regular. You can get into the season. Um, do it that yeah, way. I, just, it's Jude. If Jude was on this show tonight, but by the way, Jude is is run. We're all run ragged. Brennan and I are both uh, sick and tired. Jude is run ragged through work. We're all like half dead. So the fact that you're getting a, a preview episode is a blessing upon you. Uh, you're welcome. But Jude would argue the point that like you need to know how difficult it is for an athletic director to schedule. And I would say yes. But we're talking about Notre Dame and Navy. Like they're in bed together. They just got to wake up in the morning, serve the coffee and talk about let's do this a week zero from moving on here on out. And it's done. It's done. They, they don't need they don't need any more they don't need anybody to do anything else they can just say let's do this and they're done 
it should be the first game. If they're going to do it every year, make it the first game of the season. I mean, I've always proposed, you know, the rotation. I've proposed for years the rotation. Navy, Army, oh, the Air services, Force. Yeah, yeah our, our forces. And then make that the Shamrock Series game. Just not, you know, killing all these birds with, you know, with one stone. I, I, I think it's a solid idea. I, you could, and you could start the season off that way. But even if you don't want to do the rotation, if you just, just do it, like you said, weeks, I wouldn't even think of week zero, but that, hell, that makes great sense. Cause you could, it's easy to schedule a week zero game. Cause you don't have any, you don't have any schedule moving forward. So just go ahead and move the damn game to week zero. Get yourself, a, get yourself that early season by. Man, I mean, you wouldn't have to do that. You and you, have and you showcase, and you're always a showcase in week zero um, where the games aren't particularly great. But Navy would like it because then the Naval Academy gets to be showcased and you can make up yeah. some sort of pomp and circumstance that, um, you know, I mean, I'm not heartless here. I know there's a lot of Notre Dame fans that, again, they'll they'll do the do your research thing. And that's just they're you're just shouting in at nobody that cares. But I do understand like the romanticism for some people with this game. And they tie a lot of their like their own patriotism for the country into this game. It's I think it's silly. It's a football game. But people do. And so I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to discredit that completely. So like I just but I just don't care about this game at all. Period. Nothing about this game means anything to me. Like all it means is like Wookie life debts apparently are legal. Like uh, Father Hesburgh was great. He did a many amazing things. Like legendary. There's watch the Hesburgh documentary. It's freaking amazing. That doesn't mean he was right about everything. It doesn't mean that a, a that a yeah. Catholic priest who is a president of a of a educational system of a school was right about scheduling college football games. It's okay. You know, they're not, this isn't exclusive. He can be wrong about this. Like it was wrong for, for him to put that on Notre Dame. When Northwestern didn't, uh, <laughs> Villanova didn't, uh, I mean, there's like, there's literally a list of a hundred, just go, want to do your own research, which is also code for just Google. Uh, just Google Navy V12 World War II. It'll list them. It just just have fun with it. Have fun with it. Take a look at all those schools. Do they think they feel like they owe Navy anything? If anything, Navy. This wasn't a this wasn't a a one sided agreement. Navy loved the fact that Notre Dame was a Catholic all male school close to the water. Are you kidding me? Like what could be better? Like everyone acts, you act like this is such a huge favor. Navy did. They just wanted to save Notre Dame. No, this is not, this is not how the U S government works. They were trying to find the best places available to train their troops. And yes, a small Catholic school near a huge body of water, the great lakes that works for them. That works great for them. Which yeah, again, all male at the time. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, <laughs> duh. But yet we owe we owe them so much. You know, and you know what low key frustrates me about it is I feel like. I feel like Emperor Hirohito of the the Japanese in World War II rooting against the American Navy to fail. Like like this is the battle of mid every every game's the battle of midway and I'm like rooting for <laughs> Navy to just like collapse and fail and I don't want to root against America's Navy no, to do no. bad and it I and love it the angers troops. me because I I love the troops and I don't I want to the- see I don't want to see the Navy fail. And now I have to go out there and make all kinds of funny memes about the Navy failing and being sunk and everybody's writing articles about, you know, I love the 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 option. I love the option, too. I I just don't want to have my play. You play against it. I like I love watching the the, Army and Navy and Air Force play other teams. And we'll root for them playing those other teams consistently. But I mean, you have to separate this. You, you just have to. I mean, Notre Dame owes them. Maybe the maybe the the Navy owed it to Notre Dame, considering all the intelligence that they just decided to take a pass on before Pearl Harbor. Yeah, how about that? I mean, maybe it wouldn't have got so crazy. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not dipping into that side of history. But I just did. Pearl Harbor was an inside job. <laughs> shit, we're not getting, that's like some Harbaugh shit right there. <laughs> Nick Rolovich. <laughs> yeah, definitely Nick Rolovich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if Dabo's too far down the, the line from that either. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, that's it. Like, I have a disdain for this game because it just means nothing. To me, it means nothing to the season. This whole mutual respect thing—that's that, that's for that's for the administrations of the schools. I, I don't don't really care. Don't because the the playoff committee don't care. They got no respect for this game either. Obviously, you beat them by thirty-two, and you and no one cares. But yeah, ranked. they were ranked. Yeah. yeah. So what's the point? And in this day and age, like. This is, it's all about, it's all about that playoff. Again, what, if we go to 12 teams, I mean, they can play, I mean, it doesn't matter. Navy's the first game, third, fifth, eighth, last game. It doesn't matter. 12 games is just, it, Notre Dame's basically an automatic in if they have, if they're undefeated or with one loss. Like it's two losses in a lot of years could get them in. So then ain't going to make a difference, but <sighs> sucks. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoot. Well, I think we breeze through. I think that's our Navy preview right there. Yeah, I think I think we previewed Navy uh, pretty good. Um, <clears throat> and I think we we touched on some uh, defensive players too, previewing the the Notre Dame aspect of it. How much freshman involvement do you foresee this weekend? Do you think that the role for Styles continues to yes. grow? Yes. Yes. That's kind of without a doubt. I, and then with with Kyron on the Kyron hitting his knee last week, is it just going to be all digs all the time? Maybe some Estime? I mean, we'll probably see obviously some some Kyron, but you're going to want to get him some rest. Um, whether it's I mean, if with, they don't get 
if they don't give estimate the football this week, we may not see it at all this year. And I, that saddens me greatly. I mean, Notre Dame came out in a T formation yes, with Estime did. and Takis side by side, Logan Diggs. They shifted up to the wing T, but it was there. Lance Taylor retweeted that tweet of mine. It's, it's in th- the playbook. It's in the playbook. And, but the fact that you've been bringing this isn't out, the week you want to use it or is it? No, no. But the fact that you've been bringing out Estime. You know, in in that role as a as another tight end, like, yeah, man, get give him a carry, give him like five carries, thank him for his service, give him some mutual respect. And I think with the I mean, the um, efficiency at which Notre Dame, if they can start getting some red zone success, I think that it's better red zone success. I, I should say they kick too many field goals, right? Um, and maybe more Buckner in the red zone is a way that they want to go. Um, well, and Jude and I talked but, about it in the last show. It was like, yeah, we're, we're we were kind of we're kind of like done questioning what they're doing. We just yep. figure they have a plan. It just it is what it is. We may not agree with it, but it, it it's not just a, a a roll of the dice jumble fuck. It's like they have an actual plan about what they're doing. So I'll just I'll just I'll just trust in that like a like a uh, love struck. Uh, <laughs> you know, 19 year old college freshman and just be like, okay. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I, I know that they're, they're going to do what, what they find is best, but I mean, last week they had what kick three field goals and five red zone trips and um, you gotta be better, I guess. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I I don't like this is not the game for Prince Kali to play. No. And well, maybe like like the de- fourth quarter. May, yeah, maybe. Uh, but like defensively, there's not a whole lot of guys like lining up as freshmen or uh, especially in that, back, you know, the back seven to, to play. Uh, well, I don't know his name, but isn't there a, uh, I, we would be remiss not to mention, didn't they bring a preferred walk-on guy who, who's specifically to play option defense? Yeah. And I didn't know that until this week, uh, Chase Ketterer. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, there it is. Was, yeah. was recruited at, to come walk on as a preferred walk-on Notre Dame to specifically to play option quarterback on the scout team. I think that's dope as hell. I wrote about that this week a little bit. 40 chess. That's awesome. That is, that's, that's the, how you do it. That's how you do it. Like I complain about this Navy game a lot because there's a lot, like you literally had to recruit a kid, a walk on to <laughs> like, there's so many parts to this just to like, get this game out of the way. And look, I just, I don't know why I feel like I have to, Brendan and I have to keep saying about like, this is no disrespect to Navy. Like I mean, no, no disrespect to them at all. And this doesn't even have to have anything to do with like the troops or anything like that, but like the football program itself, I mean, no disrespect to them. Notre Dame is literally recruiting walk-ons just to try to beat you, like <laughs> to, to die at practice, to beat you. So I, that, that's real respect. Like screw the whole made up mutual. That's real respect. Uh, but yeah, that's a pretty cool story, man. So he's gonna have four years of like getting his shit kicked out of him uh, once a week. 
and probably in the off season too, because they, I mean, you know, they they dedicate some off season time just to so they're not coming in totally fresh to the option. Yeah, you know who doesn't want doesn't want Notre Dame to play Navy the first week of the season? Chase Ketterer, because that, that means camp, camp he's getting lit up more than he wants to. Yeah, but then he gets to spend the rest of the season just uh, wearing a red hat, enjoying life. That is true. That is true. You're living a good life then. You're like uh. It's a it's a Bob Elliott move. Remember, remember back in 2015 when they when they brought Bob Elliott back and he was just as a defensive analyst. Oh, and just his only for, job, yeah. just for the Georgia Tech game, or or to stop the triple option. But like the big worry then was you know Paul Johnson coming up with that triple option attack that Georgia Tech had. I mean, it's a problem. It, the tri- it's why Kansas should have fucking went this route. I cannot understand for the. It's, if you are a power five bottom dweller, why not? Why not? Why not yeah. give it a shot? Stupid Kansas. You can't even beat Oklahoma. They had them. They had them on the ropes. You fuckers. They could have done everybody. I mean, they did. They did a pretty good solid anyways. That that took a lot of shine off of uh, Oklahoma. Um, it it it, t- it took some shine off him, and it, off. I think it also broke because you mentioned it on the pod too. It broke Robert Griffin because since then he's almost in like a repeat loop with the things that he says on broadcast. It's bad. Just, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, the the Clemson Florida State game was just uh, yeah. You had to check like is something wrong with the uh, with the feed here because I keep hearing the same shit over and over again. All right, well, let's get into um, – well, let's take a quick break. We come back, and we'll get into our picks for the week. All right. Now, I didn't – I haven't even looked at uh, the games that you have picked out this week. So, so I put them on the tally site, and I didn't get anything back from Jude yet. But what I am going to do, since Jude's not here, is I'm going to pluck – I'm going to pluck his tally site. Right there, you and, go, and upload the the picks there, um, because I know Jude picks every game. So, I'll, uh, Jude, if you're listening, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pluck them there, so you do have the the advantage of knowing. Um, last week he tried swerving you and went one and four. Uh, that didn't turn out so hot for Jude. <laughs> so I think this, his strategy should be as the front runner because he's twenty and fifteen, um, and I'm creeping back you're up the front, to twenty one nineteen. You're the first. Well, I mean, I had, a, I had a fantastic week on tally site. I had a great. Yes, you had a prolific week on tally site. Yeah. You was, were uh, you were hitting those trifectas, myself. and tally site was blowing up your mentions. Yeah, the uh, few games got away from me there on that week, but uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a solid week. So I'm 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 ready. Wow. Well, let's uh, let's jump back into it. Um, and I got a fun line. And last week it was a, a week of fun lines, and I think that this week we got more fun lines. And this one, um, this one's a doozy. So in Chapel Hill, North Carolina is hosting your undefeated number nine ranked Wake Forest, and North Carolina is a two and a half point favorite in this game as a four and four football team. Josh, why are they a two and a half point favorite, and who do you got? Because they're a better team than Wake Forest right now. And yeah. it's out. It's at home. 
And yep. I yep. think th- I think the line is actually very respectful of Wake Forest, to be honest. Um, man, I yeah, I mean, give me North Carolina to cover. And I don't know. I I, I guess I have a kind of a recency bias to, <coughs> with team. Excuse me, with teams that we just played. Yeah, but <coughs> I just. I, I would love for Wake I, I honest to God would love for Wake Forest to like blow this whole thing up. Uh, but they're just not going to. Uh, if it's not going to North Carolina, it's going to be Clemson or NC State anyways, and that's yeah. all. So it might as well just get it out of the way. And uh, yeah, give me – give me. I, I confess my adoration for Sam Howell last week or, the, or this week on the review, and I think he's he'll, – he'll get it done. He's fucking good. He is very I I gave him s- sort of some guff just sort of tangentially uh, in association with their offensive line and just North Carolina, mostly because PFF College, just the amount of it's, love that they showered and adorned on Sam Howell. Always like this guy is not even a he's not even a 600 winning percentage quarterback. Can we pump the brakes a little bit? But I think his running game is what really got me. Um, and I think that's probably what's going to get Wake Forest. Um, yeah. So give me North Carolina as well. Yeah, I, I, I was in the same. I said that in the last pod. I was uh, unfairly from me the amount of shit I blew, kind of like out about Sam Howell, yeah. and he totally proved uh, me to be full of shit <laughs> in that game. I like. I was. I, like, I, I, was, I was very impressed. I was a big fan of the 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 Fat Ian book. Yes, he is Fat Ian. Comparison, book. yeah, I loved it. <laughs> um, all right, so this one is an interesting spread as well, and um, I'll take the reins on this one because I got a feeling. Um, oh. Purdue, West Lafayette, hosting Michigan State, and Purdue is a three-point home dog. I'm going to tell you right now, Purdue's winning outright. Well, I'm, I'm glad you took the. Re- oh, go ahead. I was saying, I'm glad you took the reins. Now, uh, make some room because I'm I'm jumping right next to you on this one. Get on it with it. Yeah, man. So, so this is a classic letdown game for Sparty, right? Oh, I don't I don't care what Sparty has done uh, up to this point. Sparty is until they prove otherwise. Sparty is still Sparty, and Sparty No is still a thing. And Purdue is just West Lafayette and that stinky ass town and that terrible stadium with horrible turf. Yeah, and a solid defense. Not great, but a solid defense. Uh, and David Bell. I think the David uh, Bell factor is pretty important, especially seeing what Kevin McNamara, a quarterback that is. I think less than was able to do. And this could be a game where it's uh, a couple of uh, this game could end up being a lot like uh, Michigan, Michigan state. uh, Kenneth Walker is the truth. He's good. He's he's probably the best running back, the best college running back in the nation this year. Yeah. He's really good. I don't think that that's hyperbole. He's really good. And his ability to make people miss and shed tacklers is just fantastic. But, he he runs with every bit of what he has left in the tank at every he is all juice, all gas, man. But 
David Bell, as long as he's not playing Notre Dame, is pretty special. I mean, he can make some <laughs> yeah. plays. Um, I think one thing too, uh, is that, you know, for Michigan state sort of offensive, um, explosion, I guess, against Michigan, they do have a tendency to just like disappear offensively. And, um, I mean, case in point, the second half and the victory against Nebraska this year, it was the most Tyrone Willingham victory I've ever seen since Tyrone Willingham was the head coach of Notre Dame in 2002, where Sparty on every possession they had in the second half, one, two, three, four, five possessions, three and out punts. And they were losing in that game 13 to 20. And they got a punt return touchdown uh, with two minutes and 20 seconds left on the clock. They got a 62 (laughs) yard punt return for a touchdown to go to OT where they promptly picked off, um, uh, Adrian Martinez, and then kicked a field goal to win it. Classic. That classic. We saw that game three times a year, at least with Tyrone. Yeah, that 2002 season. It was that was like alone. It was like all of them. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. well, yeah, yeah, for sure. And look, I just want to say real quick too. I am super happy that Mel Tucker. It has got Michigan state on the right path. I fucking hate Michigan state, but at the same time, I need Michigan state to be good enough to cause problems in the big 10. Case in point last week, beating Michigan. Yeah. That is beautiful. what, well, what they do is they also throw a wrench in Ohio recruiting and they throw a wrench into Michigan recruiting, which both of those, um, they help yeah, Mich- Mi- Michigan really survives off of Ohio state's leftovers in the state of Ohio. And what was happening is Michigan state was going right on in and going toe to toe with Michigan for Ohio recruits and was winning on a lot of these guys. So to keep continually do that really weakens Michigan, which is fine by me. Yeah. I, I like that it just muddies the water. I don't want Ohio state to have a clear path to the college football playoff every year, or just continue to rack up easy wins. And I don't want Michigan to be that foil. I would much prefer it to be Michigan state. So I don't want Penn state uh, to be Michigan that foil state. Can keep, I don't want Penn state either. Um, Cause you know, screw them. Um, and if Mel Tucker, I mean, you got to back a Brinks truck up. I don't know how much money you have left in the coffers because of the whole Larry Nasser thing. Um, but if you're the Michigan state athletic department, you need to scrounge up $8 million a year and pay Mel Tucker. Cause otherwise I mean, he's going to be going to maybe LSU. Maybe Valenti, maybe Mike Valenti can start a, start a GoFundMe for it. Uh, <laughs> make payments. <laughs> okay. So the, <laughs> the next game, um, I I don't think that the game's particularly interesting. The line's a little bit goofy, but the pettiness that has led up to this game has been. I, I thought that this was something yeah. like right in right in your wheelhouse, and that's uh, Washington hosting Oregon, uh, number four ranked Oregon, and Washington is only a seven point home dog, which I kind of Jimmy Lake of. Could Jimmy Lake sounded any dumber than the way he was no. 
talking. No. I mean, he's he's recruiting against the Notre Dames of the world and the Stanfords, and uh, they don't really go for the same kind what was of it? kids as what was the, What was the word he kept using? What was the word he kept using? Oh, um, uh, it was like academic excellence or something like that, or like prowess. Uh, Prowess. Yeah, academic prowess. He kept, prowess. He, but he kept using prowess like in a – it just didn't sound correctly in the part of the sentence that he sounded, was using. It, it just it sounded it, like he wanted to sound smart. Right. It sounded like he had that word-a-day calendar. Uh, prowess, okay, we'll use that. All right, that's fun. Just flipped open to the – you know, <laughs> like, what can I use to sound and I, smart? And I fucking hate Jimmy Lake anyways. We've, Notre Dame's gone toe-to-toe with – Washington and Jimmy Lake too many times recruiting. And even when Lake was at, I believe wasn't Jimmy Lake at Cal Ooh, for a little while too. When he parted uh, their, uh, when, when Cal was pulling in guys, they should have never have got, I, maybe I'm wrong about that. And that might've been another guy, but at any rate, I don't like Jimmy Lake. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I'm all for the pettiness here. Crystal did you, uh, did you see the response from the, uh, Oregon AD? From the AD, no. Oh my gosh, it's even better. Um, oh, so his his response was like, uh, it was it was like the pettiest of petty clapbacks, and um, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> did he use a the word person prowess? in a position of power? Uh, he did not. All right, so here it is. Um, so it wasn't their AD; it was their president, Michael Schill. <laughs> Uh, and here's what the president said in response. He goes, um, University of Washington is a wonderful school with a great football history. I have great respect and affection for its president, its academic and football program, and its former exceptional football coach, Chris Peterson. I look forward to our team meeting theirs on the gridiron this Saturday. What? Mentions just- Peterson. He mentions and the and its former exceptional football coach Chris Peterson just uh, well he went he threw the former head coach part in there to make sure it was known that he knows who the head coach is and doesn't care <laughs> or maybe it's a situation like USC where he doesn't know who this Jimmy like like he doesn't know his name like nobody knows USC's head coach's name what's his name no, again no he's no name coach yeah no name. I, uh, Coach John I, Doe. I, I think I might have I might have called him Dontrell Willis. Uh, oh, D-Train. A couple, yeah. a couple, couple weeks ago. <laughs> a terrible trade for Detroit, by the way. Um, Dombrowski can stay away from fucking Florida. Uh, I think he worked so, out, but... Was, yeah, I mean, it was good. We're still... <laughs> we're still paying it. Um, seven points here. Yeah. I mean, this feels like, I don't know, a 27-point win by Oregon. Yes. It does. I mean, I... Do you hear yeah. that Admiral Akbar in the back of your head? <laughs> it's a trap! I... Just, yeah, give me Oregon, man, to cover easily. I mean, Lake's just writing checks that they can't fucking cash. They can't cash. They are not. And the, the, that Washington team, when they played Michigan earlier this year, looked about as inept as I've seen in offense. They're going to make Anthony Brown look like 
uh, an actual quarterback. It's going to be bad. But I will say that in their last four games, Oregon lost to Stanford 24-31. They struggled against Cal in a game they should have lost 24-17. They were down big against UCLA and ended up coming back and winning 43-31. And then they played, you know, the basement of the – the Pac-12 Colorado and blew them out by, you know, 20. I mean, this is a man. I mean, I'm going to go with Washington. Okay. I just, that line is weird. Um, it makes me, it makes me question. And like, I know the, the Oregon players are going to be fired up for it, but, um, this I is mean, a game that over, Oregon should, even the over under looks bad. I mean, yeah. not though, because Washington has problems score, but 51, it feels like a game that Oregon, the Oregon's of old at least, would have won this game like 42-23, right? They just would have track, you know, gotten to a track race and just, you know, housed them. But I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't know what to make of this. Um, I mean, ab- this above all else, here. above all else, it's the Pac-12. It is the Pac-12, and this is what they do: is they end up. Crushing their own Killing. playoff hopes. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm going to stick right. with my Oregon blowout prediction. Yeah, Oregon. That I will not be I, surprised in the least if Washington pulls us out. It would be um, just just for nothing else to see to have a sad Dan Rubenstein. It's always a good Saturday. <laughs> we can get a sad Dan. <laughs> I mean, they just don't deserve a team in the fucking playoffs. I mean, honestly. So not when you okay. lose to Stanford, OC or not. Right. So I think this is the game of the weekend because um, it's really the only ranked on ranked matchup. Um, I'm not sure what sort of big picture it has, uh, big picture effects that it has. Um, though I guess you could make an, an argument for Auburn potentially if they were to run the table and beat Alabama, it would definitely throw a wrench in everything. But um, Texas A&M is hosting Auburn and is a four and a half point favorite. Uh, Do you have a read on that? I mean, who's playing quarterback for Texas A&M? Does it matter? Not against uh, Alabama, but. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I. I guess my money is going to be on, on Calzada, who, by the way, Notre Dame fans don't know. I mean, Notre Dame went after Zach Calzada pretty hard. Um, I think that was the Brendan Clark class. Hmm. Um, He's got a sub two to one intercept. Uh, um, intercept touchdown yeah, interception. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve. Twelve and seven. Twelve and seven. <laughs> um. I never pick Auburn right. I just don't. Like, except for the Alabama game. Except for the Alabama game. Other than that, I think I get, I pick Auburn wrong more, as much as any school out there. Um, Four and a half points. I mean. I mean, A&M's rolling right now, right? Like. After the Alabama win, they've just been rolling. Yeah. But give Bo me, Nix is looking give, pretty good, too. Huh? He has. It's, it's at Kyle, Kyle Field. I, 
Give, go ahead and give me the Aggies. Give me a and right. I, which is going to be wrong because, like, like I said, yeah, give me a and to cover, and I think it's going to be like it's going to be six points. You know what I mean? I'm uh, I'm I'm zigging on that one. I um, it's an odd year, right? And on odd years, isn't that the year that Auburn Auburn finds success? Um. So I, I, on the one hand, is I can't forgive them for losing to Penn State because I think Penn State stinks. That was terrible. Um, it was so bad. Uh, but they did just shellac Ole Miss last week, and I'm I'm just they uh, did. I'm looking for them Auburn to do like they did. What was it? It was uh, was it the 2019 season where they just sort of like meandered through, and then next thing you know, they were. Um, playing in the SEC title game was that was that what, what year was it that that Auburn just like you're like oh well, Auburn's well wasn't that wasn't that 2019 wasn't that uh, when when Alabama played Michigan in the uh, Citrus Bowl oh uh, yeah it was um I th- or I thought it was the year that that uh, Alabama made it to oh no wait that was no 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 LSU yeah that was LSU's championship year. Yeah, it was not. Um, it was not 2019. It was uh, right, right. It was the year Alabama went um, without having won a. Um, was it 17? Yeah, it was 2017 where they, with two losses, they ended up beating Alabama, and Alabama went to the playoff anyway, and then uh, lost to right. Georgia. Right. So, uh, 17 also an odd number. So yeah, give me Auburn. And there's there's something about odd years in Auburn. Brutal schedule, by the way, for Auburn. I mean, Georgia, a 17th ranked Arkansas, to Ole Miss, A&M now, and then uh, Mississippi State's ranked. Yeah, yeah. And you got to finish up with Alabama. Fuck. Yeah. That's that is a tough <laughs> schedule. And you had Penn State, which was a top 10 game at the time. Notre, Notre Dame's playing Navy. Think anyone cares? No, not at all. Yeah, Virginia next week, though. Everyone's going to care about that. Um, yeah, because that's going to be everyone's, like, upset special. Yep. That, uh, I guarantee you, uh, what do they Every- do, the uh, Super Dogs on game day? Yeah, for sure. It's without without question. Well, speaking of Notre Dame, um, they're a 20-and-a-half-point favorite against this two-win Naval Academy squad. Do you want the the first the first honors at this? Uh, no, no, I don't. Okay. Um, the only read I really can take on this is, um, I don't think that this Naval Academy team is going to be able to stop Notre Dame from doing what they want to do. And one of the curious parts about um, the, the Notre Dame offense as it's currently constructed is um, they're extremely efficient and it's all, there's a little bit of ball control to it and that the drives take a little bit longer, you know, excluding uh, Kyron Williams, uh, you know, prolific 91 yard, beautifully executed play call by Mike Tirico runs. Um, I think that Notre Dame is going to be content to just sort of, run run the clock out on this and it's going to be like a 28 to 10 kind of ball game oh. where Notre Dame doesn't really punt um they just sort of run their offense and 
2810, 35, 3410. It's not going to be fun because it's Navy. Um, but yeah, I just, I just see it. One of those instances where, where Notre Dame just, they take the air out of the ball. And I think Navy ends up covering because of it. Notre Dame wins by, you know, 18, something like that. I'm going to go in a different direction. Uh Oh, I like this. I'm going to go in the completely opposite direction, which somehow still will end us up in the same exact spot that this game doesn't matter. I think Notre Dame is going to blow these guys up offensively. Like, I think there is a, there's a direct correlation with Notre Dame's offense improving with the, with the uh, caliber of defense across from them as the weeks have gone on. This has been talked about all over for six opponents. Good defenses next. Not so good. And Navy just is not that Navy team on offense. Like, you know, where you're sweating it, like when they're going for it on fourth and three, like this isn't that Navy team. No. So that doesn't mean the Navy is going to punt, but actually it could create some short fields. I think Notre Dame is going to jump all over this uh, and just lay waste. Uh, And again, it's not going to matter. It's going to, it's going to be the same as a 24, 10 win. Uh, but I, I'm going to call for. Um, I don't think Navy kicks any field goals in this one. I think we're going to look. We're going to see like 52-14. True. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's sort of shades of. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. What was it? Yeah, uh, give me. 2019. Looking for a redo. Yeah. 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 Give me 52-19 or 52-14. You know that how excited I would be. By the way, it was fifty. It was fifty-two twenty in two thousand nineteen. Yeah, and that was twenty. Uh, I think what Chase Claypool had what four <laughs> receiving touchdowns uh, that day. Like, yeah, he single-handedly sank the uh, yeah. uh, sank the middies. I had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah. So, but and no one's no one's gonna care. It's gonna be a big blowout win over a two-win Navy team. Who cares? Look, there's a this game is so meaningless that there is a rivalry trophy, the Rip Miller Trophy. Yeah. Rip Miller. That he, that it, looks like team, a, it, it looks like a like a 1960s office building. It looks like bookends uh, for your bookshelf. That's exactly what it is, because each team gets a piece, and then when they play each other or at some special occasion between the two teams, they bring the trophies together because it's mutually respectful. It's I love rivalry trophies and we'll, this isn't, it's not great. This is, this isn't, this isn't that this isn't, this is, uh, uh, this is the, your work card that you got to swipe to get into the, out of the property. <laughs> you know, that's all this is. Yeah, just so, put a bullet in the head of this trophy and give it a burial at sea. At least that would make it interesting. Fuck, there's nothing or interesting like about civil this game. conflict. That just leave it, leave it Listen, on the field. And everyone wants to blow me. Not everyone. 
half the people out there want to blow my shit up about my Mike Tirico takes. But let me tell you how insufferable it's going to be for everyone watching Notre Dame Navy on Saturday. It's look, if I was and I've had this take for years too. It's in, if I was Navy, I'd be fucking insulted at the amount of stroking they do over this. Like these guys bust their ass to be football players and become leaders in our military. Stop fluffing them up. Like there's some kind of like special group that needs the extra fluff. Yeah. I, there's a, there's a line there it's not really fine either. There's just a line there where you, you make sure that it's been told, which everybody knows they fucking play all the time. Like you keep talking about it. Like it's something new. Like we don't know how hard it is to attend school at Annapolis or West point or Colorado Springs and play a major sport. It's fucking hard as hell, but it's just, it's going to be insufferable. And I think Gus Johnson would at least muck it, muck put in it a up a few enough. more army, put in a few more battleship analogies in there. <laughs> something, man, something to make it interesting rather than the same. old Tariq will never be as bad as Hammond when it comes to all that, but it's, he's such a pros pro that he's just going to take those notes and run with it. And it's just awful. It's bad. And if I was Navy, I'd be like, don't pay. Like, especially when Navy was good. Like stop patronizing them. They're fucking dangerous. Slap the hand away. Don't patronize me. Right. They're a dangerous football team. Hell, they still are just because that offense is so crazy. But like when Navy was like really good and just an assassin out there running the football, the triple option, they're still patronizing the shit out of them in the Notre Dame game. It's like, do you do this for every other game? No, you don't stop doing it for this one. Treat them the way they should be treated. That's why I talk shit about Navy. No one else. Everyone else is afraid to, because it's like disrespectful of troops. No, that's respectful. It treats them like like a proper enemy. My God, what is wrong? Like an actual football program and not just like a, not, you know, a side not just somebody, like not just somebody that you owe a Wookiee life debt to. Yes. Treat them like a regular. Fo- if you want them on the schedule every year, treat them like a regular program. Give them that respect. So this fake shit, give them the respect by disrespecting them. Exactly. That's what, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. exactly what I mean. And if you don't understand that, I just, then you don't, you don't understand me. And I don't think you understand competitive athletics either <laughs> because I can't, I can't imagine being out in the field and there's not, you think they're out in the field. Like, Oh, I have so much respect for you. No, he's like, motherfucker, quit killing my knees. Yeah. You know, I just, I don't know what you people think goes on out there. Given the respect that they deserve by disrespecting them. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, I don't think we can, I don't think there's any much more we can say about it. No, I think we've, uh, we covered it. We've run ashore. <laughs> I mean, we, we probably could have done a lot more uh, nautical themed uh, pun punnery. Uh, well, there's but, there's always the review pod. Um, there, there certainly out. is. I've been saving I mean, we, I've been saving them all for that. 
we could have uh look if, if things go south and somehow this is a disaster then it's uh it's Vasily, right blowing himself up in red october yeah yeah it just <laughs> he, he did, forgot to turn did turn, took the safety off we took the safety off let's just hope ken uh kenny Amatololo isn't uh sean connery over there one ping only hey, i mean he might be now um yeah i just yeah i i just i just know that if you you people are going to talk about notre dame uh i think the, the word they'll end up using is uh sank um you go Navy torpedo, you'll see Notre Dame pop up a few times there. You'll also see the, um, you know, battleship Yamato show up too, or, uh, you know, it's, uh, all of the, all all of the, I need to come up with like the most hyperbolic, like naval term possible for beating an opponent and use that in my story. Your story should be nothing but naval puns. Like, like that's that's hard you to could do. Probably on a quick, on a quick recap. You, that's hard to do. No, 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 no. You could probably write the article as a Mad Libs, where you pick who's going to be the Greer <laughs> Martini this week. Like who's who's going to be the Greer Drew Martini? White. So you Drew, write like Drew White. It's Drew White. Drew White is the Greer Martini. It's uh, so you already have that part. You just leave the the tackles number blank. You can write the article today, probably. Notre Dame was extremely efficient on offense. Um, <laughs> defensively, they were bolstered by Drew White, who had X number of tackles. Like I need, like I don't know, like what is the most outside of a uh, of our nuclear arsenal? What is the most dangerous weapon the Navy has? Uh, it's probably the. I mean, if if we're looking at it realistically, it's it's the subs it's the nuclear subs right and but then like, it's which, their like, which which specific weapon oh you know um, yeah, like the cruise I mean, missiles like, we, 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 as i'm saying i don't know a bunch I would of money on we spent a bunch of money on these new like stealth ships that have like crazy zigzag lines on them we spent a bunch of money on railgun ships too um and big cannons but none of it matters it's all about just like Aircraft carriers yeah, and yeah. submarines. I just whatever it is out there, whatever like the most dangerous missile is that the Navy has out there, other than the nukes. If I could get that exact name, I'll use that as Notre Dame turns a one, you know, a one Eagle Strike missiles against Navy for sixty four nothing win. You know, whatever. Notre Dame was a Nimitz class aircraft carrier pulling into <laughs> the Annapolis Gulf. It's a she wolf clash. And their aerial assault just bombarded them. Do you think they let me go to Montana? <laughs> uh, like, there, there, there is a Navy veteran out there listening to this. That's just very the side of and I'm really mad, and more mad that I'm using like Russian uh, <laughs> naval <laughs> stuff in the, in this. He can't even get it right. Those were Ruskies. 
Uh, all in good fun. All right. <laughs> Brendan, you got anything left to say? Uh, no, I'm just, just happy to be back in, back in the mix. Um, I, uh, we're getting, it's kind of frustrating. The season is, is rapidly approaching. I mean, it's November. I was outside raking leaves today. Um, I remember not long ago, I was, I was just excited about feeling a nip in the air being like in the fifties and now we're in the twenties. So um daylight savings time even though this is yeah daylight saving oh that's right which by the way when you have kids is not is not enjoyable at all and it's the only reason notre dame navy is 330 for the two things because they're respect no this is a 330 game this week oh 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 yeah 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 not a 230 yeah see um they're doing that because it's daylight savings yeah um even though this game sucks and it's Navy and it's a chore and it's going to be slog and you're going to get really frustrated because Navy's going to probably still, even if they're not super prolific, be converting, um, you know, third and fourth short. Third and four. Uh, <laughs> on a halfback veer or a fullback veer. Um, <laughs> cherish it nonetheless. There's not a ton of these left. Um, it's a fun squad that we have this year. I'm really excited to see the freshmen um continue to develop especially lorenzo styles um i'm excited just just to see the 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 continued development um of all of the players so even though this game is annoying and it's a slog beats the ever-living hell out of what we're gonna have in february and in march which is no football Yeah, that's that's still good. Yeah, welcome to November. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. This is the the last stretch run here, and it's it's the, it's the saddest part of this whole thing. So, there's no there's nothing that I I could add to that. So, and I won't. Uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, Remember to get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave that rating, leave a review. Um, also, oh, shit, I just, damn it, I had that tab up the entire show, and then I just accidentally closed it out. I got something else to share. Uh, th- this is, you know, a, a home field sponsored uh, podcast, but we are not getting paid for the home field this week. But I do have some apparel news to pass on otherwise. And that is Breaking Tea uh, is having is having a 50% off sale going on right now. So all of our shirts, all of our uh, specific OFD shirts that we've designed, uh, it, there'll be a few of them uh, on the post on the site for this. You get those 50% off. Uh, code BT50. Um, that's a good deal. Half off's good. So get those uh remember the six shirts half off get a 1993 championship shirt half off it's good stuff uh and that's it so for brendan for jude for everybody over at uh, one foot down thanks for listening and as always go irish